God, we just thank you so much for this day that you've given us, Lord. As we reflect on your name and how great it is. Lord, without you, we are nothing. But with you, we are everything, Lord. Lord, right now, I pray for open hearts. Open hearts everywhere across this building, Lord. That we may receive your word and not, nothing else, nothing short of your word. We thank you for everything you're about to do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. I'm so uh, blessed to be here. I just love the worship. If I had my way, we'd be doing Hosanna forever, forever. Um, uh, but uh, I'm so glad to be here. I uh, thank God for giving me this opportunity to stand before you and be here and uh, to deliver God's word. Uh, I thank the pastor who's had the confidence and uh, the trust in me standing here. Uh, I thank my beautiful wife who keeps on pushing me and pushing and pushing me. And if she had her way, she'd be pushing me off the stage. She's a pusher. Um, but uh, we got a, a word from God today, and I'm just here to be the delivery boy. And uh, the message today is losing your identity. Losing your identity. And um, I don't know if that sits well with everybody here. Um, but we're going to look at one verse. And our message is really diving into this one verse. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I'm going to read it in NLT as well. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is a spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. There's so much in this verse. Uh, this actually, if the whole verse is a timeline of a Christian. And we're going to dive deep into this verse and before I do that, I'm going to give a little bit of a metaphor. And, uh, and I think if you could hold tight onto this metaphor and follow it through, I think things will uh, open up as they did for me. Uh, this picture behind me that you see is Alcatraz. It's uh, a prison that is, sits on an island away from the, uh, uh, the community. So here's a metaphor. You're a prisoner, and you have lived your entire life in Alcatraz. All you know is Alcatraz. You know the inmates. You know their general movements. You know what they wear. So everyone wears an inmate uniform, have your numbers across. You're in bondage. You have chains on your legs, and you're so used to these chains on your legs that you can only move your feet a few inches in front of each other. You have chains on your hands. You can't really stretch out your hands. 
You've been conditioned. So in the morning when the whistle blows, you wake up. At night when the whistle blows, you go to sleep. When the dinner bell rings, you go running to get some dinner because if you don't make it there on time, you're not going to get any food. You've been conditioned your whole life. Your language is really rough because you're with a whole bunch of other inmates. You've been in Alcatraz your entire life. There are no windows in Alcatraz. You can't even go outside. Let's pretend that for a moment. You've never seen the light. You've been stuck between these four walls of Alcatraz your entire life. That's all you know. The other inmates may brag about someone got a, a better chain than me. They may brag about their number is cooler than your number. And that's what you've been living in. You've been living as a prisoner in Alcatraz. And then one day, you've been pardoned. And that first day, you're walking out, and they open the door, and the light from the sun is so blinding that you have to keep your eyes closed for a little bit. And you're walking out, and you see the sun for the very first time. You feel the wind in your hair, and in my case, you feel it in your eyebrows. And you smell the grass. And you get a feel of everything that's around you. Never experienced this in your entire life. And then there he is, Mr. Cool, wearing his leather jacket, leaning against his car. That's the guy who just pardoned you. And you're looking at him, and he looks really different than what you've ever seen before. The way that he talks, the way that he walks, everything, everything about his character is different. Everything about his look is different. So this guy, this Mr. Cool, with his leather jacket and everything, tells you, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to be more like me. Because there's a ship that's coming to the island. And when that ship comes, you're gonna come with me to the mainland. And it doesn't stop there. Because what this cool guy is telling you is he's telling you, I want you to go back into that prison and get as many people as possible, as many inmates as possible. Tell them about me. Get them out of prison. Let them see. Tell them about the air. Tell them about the sun. Tell them about the air. Tell them about the grass. Because one thing is, when that ship sails, it's gone. And everyone else will be stuck on this island. Not only stuck on the island, but stuck in this prison. That's all in this verse right here, by the way. So. There's three phases of a Christian life that we're going to talk about. And uh, the biblical scholar way of doing this is talking about justification, sanctification, and glorification. Okay? I'm not a biblical scholar, and anytime a word gets m m uh, bigger than 10 letters, um, it kind of confuses me. So uh, this is more for my, um, my understanding and my uh, my comprehension. So I just took justification to sanctification to glorification 
to mean in my little mind being pardoned, losing your identity, and then his image. Okay? This is, this is the life of a Christian. And, and you can see the quote on the bottom. I don't know if you can see it or not. But it says, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. You know, we, we know we hear this song, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. So being pardoned is having the veil removed. We just, talked to, we just saw the verse that, and we all who with unveiled faces, talking about the Christian, we were just, this veil has been removed from us. If you look at the verse, two verses before, verse 16, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whenever, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. What's the veil? The veil is a sin. The veil is that prison cell without windows. You haven't seen anything yet. Now you can see. The veil has been removed. That veil, removing of that veil is justification, is being pardoned. That happens in a moment. You're pardoned. And let's jump over to glorification. Glorification also happens in a moment. It says that in the moment at the last trumpet sound, we will all be taken like this. And we will all be in the image of Christ. And it will happen in a moment. So we have justification that happens in a moment. We have glorification that happens in a moment. And here's the hard part. Sanctification is everything that happens in between. It's your entire life. And that's what we're going to talk about. And sanctification is losing your identity. So we're going to talk about a few characteristics of losing your identity. How does losing your identity feel? So I don't know if it's just a culture of mankind, but we feel a, a necessity to build our identity. I mean, we go to school, we go to middle school, we go to high school, and if we get good at something, whether it be sports or music, that becomes you. If, you. if you get really good at the guitar, and everyone's gonna see you as, oh, that's the guitarist. If you get really good at basketball, oh, that's a really good basketball player. That becomes your identity. That's how you were seen to everybody else. And then you get older, you go to college, and then you gotta figure out, all right, what am I gonna do with my life? What is my new identity? Okay, am I gonna be a doctor? Am I gonna be a scientist? That's my new identity. So we're always looking for something to show that this is who I am. I'm successful in my ways. This is my identity. A couple years ago, I got a call from a collection agency. I don't know if you ever got those kind of calls, but um, I thought it was fake, but then they were telling me that I owed a couple thousands of dollars. Now, you got to be kidding me. And I, I checked it out, and it looks like someone stole my identity. And I don't know if anyone here has had to deal with that before. Uh, it's uh, painful to say the least. I had to go and call all my credit card companies. Uh, I got to call everyone that I owe and, uh, through my credit cards and call them, hey, look, we're changing everything. I had to change my bank accounts. 
oh, you feel so, so little, so small in this moment. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about losing your identity, everything that you've built up, everything of who you are. So how does it feel? It hurts. It feels uncomfortable. Going back to the metaphor of being on the prison. So now you're standing outside the walls, but you're still on the island. And you see Mr. Cool in his leather jacket. And he's trying to teach you how to walk, how to move. And the thing is, your whole life, you've been moving your feet inches in front of each other because you've had chains around them your whole life. You've been in bondage. You've chains around your hands. And now Mr. Cool is telling you, you got to stretch it out a little bit. You've had this rough language. That's all you've heard. But he's teaching you, hey, look, there's something else. I want to teach you a new language. This is how we talk on the mainland. I want to get you there. You need to be rehabilitated. How does it feel? Losing your identity, it hurts. It hurts, but it's very necessary. Losing your identity is becoming a mirror. Becoming a mirror. In the NLT version, it talked about reflecting God's glory. So becoming a mirror. You know, in my house, um, you'll see my mirror and you'll see Asha's mirror. And Asha's mirror is nice and clean and uh, no spots on it. And you look at my mirror, and uh, I'm guilty. I am a messy, uh, I don't know what you call it, but I'm a messy guy, I guess. I splash water everywhere. It's like a splash park. And um, I have water stains all over the mirror. I probably have leftover shaving cream on the side of it. Um, I mean, I got to maintain the little hair that I have, so. Um, But we look at the mirror. In the mirror itself, see, my mirror, you can't even see through, okay? So now that when you look at my mirror, my mirror has characteristics about itself, right? So when you look at the mirror, it's okay, so this, it's spotty, it's messy, it's cracked over here. It has all characteristics about that mirror, right? But if you look at her mirror, you won't even be thinking about the mirror, right? Because the mirror is now serving its purpose. The mirror, all it was there to do was to reflect the image that it's looking at. Mine doesn't do that. i got to clean mine up a little bit. And so in this verse, it's saying that we are reflecting God's glory. Right? Is it, is it our glory? We're reflecting God's glory. There's a lot of things that need to happen here. Right? Well, one, if you're the mirror, you need to be facing the right image. Because a mirror could only look at what's in front of it. It has to be clean. No infirmities. So you're not looking at the mirror, you're looking through the mirror. That is what losing your identity is all about. It's about getting rid of who you are so you can become that mirror, so you can reflect the glory of God, because you're not the source of glory. He's the source of glory. You're reflecting his glory. 
continually reflecting his glory until one day when there's complete glorification. You're just a mirror. Losing your identity is a journey. It is. It's a step-by-step -step journey. But you need to know the destination. If you don't know the destination, what are you doing on the journey? Could you imagine getting in a car and just putting all your stuff in the car and you just start driving around and driving and driving and you have no idea where you're going? You need to know the destination. And in this verse, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, we are being transformed in his image. The destination is his image. So what do we do? I mean, if that's the image that we're trying to get to, this whole losing your identity, this sanctification of getting dying to yourself and putting on him, well, we got to know his characteristics. We know this. I know we have an Awana song that lists out all the, the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the characteristics of the Spirit. These are the characteristics of Christ. When we look at Christ's life, love, John says, God is love. That's his identity. He is love. Everything about him is love. Everything he does is love. Joy. He is joy. Sorrows turn into joy. That's him. Peace. He's a prince of peace. Patience. We think of an almighty God who would take 33 years in our skin to make something happen, to die. He took our skin for 33 years. How patient is our God? How patient is our God? Because he cared and loved us so much. He took our skin for 33 years, the Son of God. And here we are, sitting in traffic, honking the horn, because we're impatient, where I'm looking at my five-year-old when he spills milk and I lose it. What is Christ? Christ is all of this. He is patient. He is kind. He cares about those that don't look out for them, the abandoned, the elderly, He is faithful. We sing about God's faithfulness over and over and over again. He always comes through. He always comes through. He always comes through. He is faithful. Look back at your life and see how faithful he has been. These are the characteristics of God. Self-control. When they were hurling their insults at him, what did he do? Every single one of these characteristics is God is the Spirit. How many fruit of the Spirit are there? No, there's not nine. There's one. There's one fruit of the Spirit, and these are all the characteristics of it. You can't have five and put four over here. It's a package deal. 
they're all part of the characteristics of God, all of the part of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's not about the journey. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, it is about the journey, but you need to know where you're going. You need to know the destination. Before I go into the next one, let's try to remember what we just talked about. The first one is, how does it feel? It's going to be hard. It's going to be very uncomfortable. What else about losing your identity? Losing your identity is being a mirror. Losing your identity is knowing the destination. Now losing your identity is moving from one glory to the next even higher glory. The next even higher glory in the the NIV, it says the ever-increasing glory. Can I get an amen? An ever-increasing glory. So here you are on this island, and you're looking at Mr. Cool again in his jacket. And you said, okay, teach me how to do this. So then you get a little bit closer. Teach me how to do this, and you get a little bit closer. And teach me how to do this. And now you're starting to walk and act like this guy in the jacket. And every single time you get closer and closer and closer and closer, the glory shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. You're shaping yourself. He is, not you. He's shaping you. He's shaping you. He's shaping you. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I, I, never, I never drove a car before. This doesn't feel right. I've never moved my legs past a few inches, and now you want me to stretch it out. It hurts. He's molding. He's molding. He's pricking. He's pricking. From one glory to the next glory, your mirrors are getting brighter and brighter because this light is getting closer and closer. From glory to the next glory. No, we, we have a problem because a lot of times we get outside of this prison cell and now we're standing up and we see the sun, we see the grass and we see the stars. We see everything that the world has to offer. And at that point, we think, okay, we're good. We made it. But you're still walking as if you have chains on your feet. You're still talking like you used to talk when you were an inmate. Everything about you is as if you were still in prison. So you know what the guards are going to do? If you're still walking around the prison cell, acting and looking like a prisoner, where do you belong? Where do you belong? You belong off the island? Is your identity still a prisoner? Losing your identity. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. You got to be a mirror, reflect his glory, reflect his glory. It's about him. Know where you're going, know your destination. 
Because if you're just going through the motions, you're coming to church because that's what, the way I've been doing it before. And I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll go to Sunday school and I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'll go through the motions and I'll go through the motions and I'll go through the motions. And I don't know what truly what this destination is. Need to know your destination. And you got to move from glory to glory to glory. This isn't about self-help. This is about knowing that, that that guy in the jacket, he knows what he's talking about. I need him to help me. The only way I'm going to be able to act like him is if I get close to him. How do you get close to him? Get into the word. Pray. Build accountability. Why are we afraid to talk to somebody? Call them on, a, on an off night and say, hey, look, I'm trying, I need some help. Can, can you be my buddy? Can you be my small group buddy? Where we can just kind of be accountable. And it's, I, I know we used to just, when we used to talk, it was all about, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about rumors or what's going on in life. And uh, let's clown on this guy because that's fun to do. No, I'm talking about accountability. I need you to be accountable for me. I didn't pray, I didn't pray yesterday. Uh, I was supposed to read the Bible today and I forgot Hey, you need to go do that. You need accountability. How are we going to move from glory to higher glory? Think about this. Look at your life right now. Look at your life a year ago. Are you that much closer to God? Are you? Are you that much closer to God? Because if you're not, the sanctification process is not working for you. You don't got it all together. I'm sorry to break it to you. But you're not at the glorification stage yet. You still need to be worked. And if you're still where you were five years ago, if you're still where you were ten years ago, your sanctification process has stalled. You're still holding on to your identity, and you need to get rid of it now. Let it go. You're building sand castles, and he's building real castles. You're bragging about the chains as you're an inmate. You're bragging about the numbers on your chest. Let go. Let go. Let go of this identity. At the end of the verse, it tells us where the source is. It comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. Please read Acts chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. Acts chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. This is the uh, story of Peter, and Peter just had a vision, and uh, the vision was this food that, uh, that was unclean, and the Lord is saying, go ahead and, and take something. He's like, God, God, you, you, you know, right, I only eat kosher. Um, this is Outback Steakhouse. I can't have this. And the Lord says, no, I want you to eat this. I want you to eat this. And then the Spirit as the Spirit is leading Peter, 
the Spirit says, hey, Peter, by the way, there's some guys coming right now, and I want you to go with them. And don't worry, I'm leading you so you can do this. Peter was led by the Spirit. If he was not led by the Spirit, there's no way that he would have went and he would have connected with Cornelius. He was led by the Spirit. The Spirit's whispering in his ear, Peter, do this. Trust me. It's me. We got this. Sometimes we get stuck in looking at this Bible as a history book. But guess what? The Spirit leads even today. Even today. I was talking to my, my cousin, uh, Pastor Rufus. I know some of you have already met him. Uh, he was telling me about an encounter that he had earlier this year. And so he was going to a Bible study. And uh, he was a little bit early for the Bible study. And right next to the Bible study was this restaurant. Uh, so he, he figured, all right, let me just go to the restroom in the, the restaurant, and then I'll, I'll come over to Bible study. And as he walked into this restaurant, uh, he felt a spirit leading him and saying, share your testimony with the manager of this restaurant. And uh, even though he, he's a pastor, he's not really an extrovert. He doesn't really go out of his way to do stuff like this. So he's kind of wrestling with this, and he's thinking, okay, Lord, um, are you sure you want me to go talk to this manager? And so now he's kind of just standing and walking around in the restaurant. He sits down, he orders a meal, um, and he's still thinking, okay, should I do this? Lord, is this really you? Yes, it is. Go share your testimony with the manager of this restaurant. So finally, uh, he, he starts, he's, he's just about to go to the restroom, and as he goes, he sees the manager kind of come out, and he kind of grabs him on the arm, hey, um, I was wondering if I could just talk to you for a few minutes. And then he was saying that after he said that, he was like, oh my gosh, did I just say this? This is a little weird. And to his surprise, the manager says, yeah, yeah, absolutely, let's just sit down and we can, we can talk a little bit. So they sit down, and, and Pastor Rufus just goes on and talks about his testimony, about how God has changed his life. And to his surprise, this manager is very receptive. And he's like, hey, look, I've been in a, I'm right now in a lot of bad things. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm doing a, things, a lot of things I shouldn't be doing. And I'm, I'm with some people that I shouldn't be with. And um, you're right, I, I think whatever you're saying or whatever this, whoever this Jesus is, I think this makes sense. Um, and he takes his number down and, and that was it. And then a week later, uh, Pastor Rufus gets a call from this guy and he calls him late at night and he says, Pastor Rufus, I almost died today. And I got, I kind of went back to my old life, and uh, I don't like it. What I don't like what what's happening here, and I need to get out, and I need to find whatever you were talking about the other day. And then he meets him up, gives his life to Christ, and everything is history from there. So now every week he meets with someone to stay accountable 
Every week he meets with someone to stay and learn a little bit more about this Christian walk because he just got to that first step of justification. He has been pardoned, and now he has to learn how to be like that guy wearing the jacket. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of getting rid of yourself and putting on this mirror so you can reflect the glory of God. It's a process. But the Spirit led somebody today, and I know the testimonies in this church of how the Spirit leads you. Talk to one of the elders here, and you'll know how much the Spirit leads the people even in this church. How there may be someone at work that you just see, that you just kind of walk by, and then the Spirit just puts it into you. Go talk to this person. Go talk around. The Spirit is real, and He directs your path. He directs your path. We have to be mirrors. It's going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be mirrors. We have to know our destination. We move from one glory to the next even higher glory, even to the next even higher glory. We put this on. We reflect his glory because we're getting closer and closer and closer to him. And we are being led by the Spirit. In losing your identity, he identifies us in our weakness. Now, when Christ was in his ministry, there was one person that he renamed, okay? One person, because we're talking about the Son of God here during his ministry. There was one person that he renamed, so I think that would be a little significant, okay? So he changes this guy's Simon to Peter. He says, your new identity is going to be Peter. That's, that's so funny. This guy, Simon, the most wish-washy person that Jesus is around, Jesus is calling Rock. Your new name is Rock. Why would he do that? Why would Christ call him Rock? He is everything but the Rock. Oh, Jesus, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. A few hours later, um, that Jesus guy, yeah, um, I, don't know who they, I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. He was so wish-washy, yet Christ calls him the rock. He identifies Peter. He identifies him in his weakness because he can become this rock if he is in Christ. And without Christ, he is everything but this rock. In Christ, he can be this rock. Do you see in Acts how much of a rock Peter is? The fire out of him, the spirit led him, and how much of a rock he is? But without Christ, he was everything but a rock. In the Old Testament, we talk about, we see Abraham, and God says, your name was Abram, but I'm going to call you Abraham. This is your new identity, and in your new identity, you're the father of many nations. That must have been funny to him because his whole life he probably lived in shame. He lived in shame because what had success back in those days was having an offspring. 
If you didn't have offspring, you weren't successful and you were looked down on. So his whole life, now in his 90s, he's been living in shame. And yet God's saying, you're Abraham, father of many nations. Without God, he is everything but that. But with God, he is the father of many nations. How do we identify Abraham right now? Father Abraham had many sons. That's how we identify Abraham right now. He's the father of many nations. His identity changed. His identity changed in his weakness. Jesus. We talk about justification and sanctification and glorification. But thank God, that's not it. Who knows it doesn't stop at glorification? It doesn't stop there. Because you give your life to Christ, you learn to lose your identity, you're completely glorified, and there's more. There's even more. Because in Revelations, God says, I'm going to give you a what? A new name. You're getting a new name. You're getting a new identification in heaven. You think it stops at glorification? He's taking you even further. He says, I'm going to give you a new identification when you reach heaven. I'm going to whisper it to you so it's going to be between me and you. But your whole, you have this new identity for the rest of eternity. The rest of eternity, you're going to learn how to live in this identity. Because this identity is going to carry you through all the way. How great is our God to change our situation, to give us a new identity through all of this. All we have to do is get rid of ourselves. All we have to do is get rid of ourselves. Jesus. It doesn't stop there. This whole time I've been talking about an individual, an individual. Inquire, you can get up. But it's more than just an individual sometimes. As a church, as a church, we need to lose our identity. As a church, we need to lose our identity. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. The things that we're used to, Everything that we're used to, Christ is calling us to look at the, the destination. The vision and destination for our church was an international house of prayer. International. You know what that means? That means in our identity right now, we need to start losing our identity and losing what we've been holding on to with these traditions. Traditions. Because you know what? There's still a lot more inmates between those four walls. They, they, they have no idea what it looks like outside of these four walls. And they need you to go back in and grab them before the ship sets sail. They need you. They need you. Learn. But go back and grab more. Why are we forgetting them? 
He's asking us to be a mirror to shine, but it's also to shine for them so they can see you and you can grab them and you can bring them along. Don't forget. Don't forget. I'm going to ask uh, you all if you can stand. Uh, we won't take too much of your time. And if you can keep your eyes closed, if there's anyone here that has never experienced Christ, you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you have never accepted him, you've been sitting in this building with no windows your entire life. And I'm asking you, if you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I ask you to come to the altar. Come here. We'll pray for you. It will be the biggest decision of your life. Bigger than who you marry. Bigger than your career. If you look at your life today and you said, well, if I compare my life now and I look back five years ago, I'm the same. I haven't got, I haven't moved any closer. I haven't moved any closer in losing who I am. And you want to rededicate your life to Christ and come to the altar. I know this is out of the norm. It's on, on a Sunday morning. Why are we doing an altar call? dedicate your life and you want to lose your identity even more.